Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. So though this is a podcast about the back, I want to bring it down to the feet for a second because we all know our feet are our foundation. It's where all of our movement starts. And if we're not moving well in our feet, toes, and ankles, it's going to impact us all the way up to our back. For example, I have never really moved well in my feet or my ankles. I have very rigid feet and ankles, and I definitely compensated through my back all the way through my high school and college athletics career. And that's why I now live that barefoot life with Vivo Barefoot. And actually, in the month of August, Vivo is running a campaign to encourage people to get outside, get on the trails, go hiking, get your feet feeling those different terrains. And when you do it in barefoot shoes, you really can notice the benefit of how when your feet can feel the ground underneath you, you move slightly differently. You gain strength, you gain control in those feet, and it's going to benefit you all throughout your body. So go down to the link in the show notes, grab a pair of Vivo Barefoots, and make sure you use code optimal at checkout to get 15% off. They even have a 100-day risk-free trial so that you can try these things out. And if you decide they're not exactly what you're looking for, you can send them back with no issues. Go down to the link in the show notes, make sure you use code optimal at checkout and get your 15% off. All right, let's head into the back podcast. So what happens when you throw out your back? Like say you're going to bend over and pick something seemingly insignificant. Let's say a pencil (laughs) and you go to stand back up and ooh, it happens and you tighten up and you can't seem to get it to go away and body's in pain and what do we do? Why does that happen? (laughs) I know that's usually like the scariest moment I think for so many people and so many clients that I've heard experience this. I am grateful to have not experienced something like this because I know for many it takes them out. Like whether it is hours or days, like out and it can start to develop that pattern of wow i was just picking i was just bending over to pick Mm -hmm. up a ball or a grocery bag or Mm -hmm. again something that seemed insignificant it's like why would this cause my back to hurt this much right exactly so we want to go over like the physiology of what's really happening behind that so that you have more education and i think that is the most important thing that Dom and I believe can really help you to overcome what you're feeling in your back is when you have more knowledge of what is happening so that you feel more empowered to take on some of those tools that we're going to recommend at the end. Yeah. And so what is it? What What is happening when you throw out your back? Which mm-hmm. I, it's, it's a term that I don't even like because it, it makes you think that you're throwing something out, something's out of place. Uh, right a vertebrae or a disc or something did something and it might not necessarily be anything. It's essentially this involuntary sudden contracture and spasm of one or more of our spinal muscles, Mm -hmm. anywhere from our tailbone to the top of our neck or at our head. So our cervical, thoracic or lumbar spine and those muscles just spasm kind of in reaction to a movement. Right. And if you've had you know, if you've had this spasm happen more one or more times, it is unfortunately very likely that it's going to happen again. So I think yeah. having this knowledge and education or passing this episode along to others who you know who have had this kind of experience is so incredibly crucial. We've heard it as 
you know, someone we were recently around said muscle, their low back cramping. I would mm-hmm. consider that very much in the same ballpark as spasming yeah. um, or getting to the point where you feel like you can't lift up. You can't move from that that yeah. point. So whether you're already standing and you feel like that that contracture, that spasm is happening or that cramping, you know, any of those things along this line, if you've heard of people going through this, please pass it along to them. And I think that you kind of, that brings it to a subtle point where it's just like, if, if it's happened once, it it's likely or it might happen again, or you might be more predisposed to because essentially what this is, is that you're starting to have these hyper excitable muscles or you're increasing the sensitivity of those muscles to feel like they need to go on guard. Yeah. So when it might seem like it happened all of a sudden or that this major contraction and spasm happened all of a sudden, it might've been something that you had kind of been working up to because you might overuse some muscles in your back or your neck. And then all of a sudden it's just one movement that kind of puts them above that threshold. So they say, oh, I need a spasm. And it's your body's mechanism to find safety and find stability. Right. So even though it hurts like hell, (laughs) your body's actually trying to find safety for you and stability. Right. And that's the thing. Like it's not just the muscles that are reacting, but it's connecting to the brain. So we have what are called spinal motor neurons. And they're at a point now where they are more amplified. They are taking, they're feeling this stimulus of bending down, picking up something seamlessly, nothing. Right. But it's been put to a point where it's like, all right, I'm at a threshold that I can't tolerate anymore. And you have it higher than what we call in in our inhibition state. So that's like our ability for our brain to come back to our muscles and say, it's all good. Like come back to that resting state. Right. And, and, you know, it, it's that ability to say, this isn't a big deal. And we can override that stimulus that just came up to the brain. But now at this point, we can't override that because that stimulus has happened again and again and again, because it's never that one moment that you picked up that, that one thing from the floor. You know, it is trauma that's happening over and over again. And I remember one time I was at a Barry's boot camp, not to say anything negative about Barry's boot camp, um, but you know, one of the instructors actually, well, the instructor of the yeah. one class that I went to one time, <laughs> he did a movement and all of a sudden his back was thrown out. And yeah. he, you know, kind of wanted to blame the movement. But I knew in that moment, because I was watching a lot of his form on other things, there's probably these micro traumas that have happened over time where it's not just that one movement, yeah. but it's been that that repetition that's kind of caused that brain to now say, this is mm. too high. And where does the micro trauma come from? I think that can be really from anywhere, mm-hmm. whether neck or low back, like in our low back, it could be from kind of repetitive strain type mm-hmm. injuries to the muscle itself. It could be from disc related injury that it's again from this this micro trauma or repetitive movement it could be from a hypersensitive si joint that suddenly mm-hmm. causes muscles around the sacrum and the low back to spasm and same up in the neck there's so many different things that might cause these muscles to spasm and once we've had this kind of buildup of inflammation around our our ba- anywhere along our back right we create more sensitivity to those nerves so now any kind of extra movement or things that the body might detect is not safe you know we're heightening that reaction time for our body to then react which is what is happening 
our body is reacting to a stimulus. Our body is reacting to what it feels is unsafe. And that is all our body naturally knows is to keep us safe, is to keep us, you know, away from danger. And that's, and so when it, when these nerves are hypersensitive and send these signals up to the brain, that's what the brain's going to respond and do. Totally. And again, we mentioned this a couple times already, but it can happen anywhere along the spine. Mm -hmm. So cervical or up kind of in the neck area of the spine, that tends to be your traps, your upper traps, or this big ropey muscle on the side of your neck, your sternocleidomastoid, the SCM, um, longest <laughs> name that no one can pronounce. And those are the muscles that kind of will spasm down and, and help you find that safety. Thoracic spine, you can have it in the shoulder, between the shoulder blades, which are our rhomboids or the muscles that pull our shoulder blades back. Um, any of our thoracic kind of paraspinals or the muscles that are just alongside or even kind of in the rib areas sometimes, but often in the neck and the, uh, and the thoracic spine, you might just feel referred pain kind of down into the arm or shoulder or even around the ribs a little bit. Yeah. A little less common in the, in that upper back thoracic region, I would say, yeah. because normally we're we're a little bit more immobile which is where we want to increase that mobility yeah. but usually we're a little bit more bent over we're bent over a computer or a desk all day long right and so we don't have that ability to find that motion a lot but where it is most common is low probably back. the low back and For those sure. are like those those erector spinae muscles and we have we're not going to go over all the details of the different erector spinae it doesn't matter it's just those long muscles so they're like ropey muscles that are coming down along the back and they connect down into the pelvis and so anywhere along those muscles can start to grab on and create that spasm and it will feel like a thick piece of rope like yeah the thickest kind of banded rope is kind of what it feels like in the back. And I've even talked with people who have these types of spasms or throw out their low back that they'll feel it into their hips. They'll feel mm -hmm. like their hip muscles are all knotted up because again, our hips are so integrated with our low back that the hip muscles are coming in a little bit too and saying, okay, we can help find some stability here as well. Mm -hmm. And so you might feel that spasm or referral all the way down into the hips too. So now before we dive into kind of the research behind what is most commonly known to do now and what we practice and what we teach, um, we do want to say that this is not just a muscle thing, right? Because this is reacting to our brain and any kind of stressor that can happen. And yeah. so we have to take our in our entire environment. And this is where we want to kind of plug one of our sponsors for this podcast and, and someone we really love and appreciate and use every single day, which is Element. Obsessed with Element. <laughs> just obsessed. <laughs> L-M-N-T. So not Element like with an E, but Element Special LMNT. And yeah. this is your electrolyte hydration drink. Yeah, and hydration is so important. If we're not getting in enough water, we're not having enough fluids in general to lubricate all our joints, to keep fluids moving through everywhere. And I mean, the fact that it has electrolytes in it, yeah. I mean, essentially it's salt. So yeah. it's like a sodium-based drink with also potassium and magnesium. These are some of the most vital um, electrolytes that keep our muscles contracting normally. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have enough, um, of these electrolytes, you might be experiencing muscle cramps, headaches, fatigue, things like that. So super, super important to make sure that we're getting in enough hydration. And Element seriously keeps me on the bottle all day long in a good way. <laughs> well, and especially when you're starting to say, okay, I'm trying to help my body, right? I'm taking out processed foods and I'm trying to eat well. Well, typically processed foods makes up the most of how we get our sodium in our diet, which is yeah. not 
greatest, right? So if we're trying to cut back on processed foods more and get more natural type food, well, then we might probably lacking in electrolytes and sodium. Especially if you're somebody who works out a lot, who's sweating a lot, yeah. athletes need something like this to make sure you're getting in those electrolytes, those salts to keep your muscles activating and firing, to keep all our nerves communicating well with each other. Exactly. So this is where we're going to tell you why we fell in love with Element. First of all, I fell in love with it because I've seen so many other hydration brands that have so much sugar in them and I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's way too sweet. It, ha it just aids in our sugar intake, which we're already getting throughout the day usually. So we don't need something that's going to, you know, facilitate that. And Element has done such a great job. All of their flavors, literally obsessed. Like yeah. I can do any one of their flavors. And they've got some crazy ones that you might think right away when you see it, like um, mango chili, yeah. or they've got a fiesta pack that has all That's these spicy flavors. So and you're like, hmm, spicy, salty water. <laughs> that sounds kind of crazy. Literally mango chili is one of my favorites. Yeah. And you can cook with it. You can use it to flavor your margaritas. Yeah. You can use it to cook and use as a seasoning on wings or something that you might be cooking. Yeah. So, so incredible. We've got the link down in the show notes. It's mm -hmm. drinkelement.com backslash optimal. You get a free um, variety pack with any order, not just your first order, any order, you get a free variety pack with them. So check them out. One of our favorite new things. Yeah. Love it. Especially if you're trying to cut out coffee in the midday. Like this is, mm. I, I haven't been drinking any coffee actually, fun fact. And this is the drink that helps to wake me up <laughs> in the middle of the day. Jen sometimes takes a nap and then drinks some element and, be, and is like, wow, that element gave me so much energy. I'm like, I'm not sure if it was the nap <laughs> or the element. Okay, it was both. <laughs> it was both. So yeah, check them out. And there are so many other things that can help us find this reduction in this nervous system. Because again, with these back spasms and these muscle spasms, we're talking about some hyper excitability or a mm -hmm. lack of inhibition. So our system's just kind of sitting right on that edge. Exactly. And so actually new research in 2022, which I think is like finally, right? But it takes so long for research yeah. to get here is, is kind of proposing that relaxation is actually <laughs> the method to reduce that amplification. Wow. Shocker. That is so crazy. I know, which I... I <laughs> And we, you know, we Let's can be, <laughs> we can be coy and tongue in cheek about it, but it's just like, okay, we need to relax the spasming muscle. Like, yeah, we need to downregulate, need to and down -regulate. which again, like you said, that's, it's just hard stuff to actually research and get measurements to yeah. show like, okay, doing these re relaxation techniques, like mindfulness and meditation might actually help your back spasm, right? right? Exactly. Which, which kind of intuitively makes sense, but might be tough to research. So we'll give them a break on taking until 2022 to get that research done. Well, and I think what's so important here to understand too, is that usually when you're throughout your back again, it's something is out of alignment, something is wrong, something is bad. I need some certain technique that's going to fix my back problem, right? And that's what we've been told and maybe fed over and over again. Something is wrong with me, so I need someone to fix me. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, if you've listened to enough of our podcast, and we actually had a podcast specifically on adjustments and manipulations and exactly what they do. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd recommend going back and listening to that. I think that was episode like 90. Um, but really what we're trying to say here, re anything that creates relaxation. So yes, a spinal manipulation, can a lot of people find them super helpful they, with back spasms yes they can help to elicit that relaxation response however the thing that we hate and i'll say that with a hard h is that when people say oh i threw my back out 
So I got an adjustment to put it back in. Right. And that's Nothing just, is going that's back crazy. Into Nothing's going back into place. <laughs> They're using that global technique of the manipulation and the adjustment to cause that down regulation, to cause the pain inhibition, mm -hmm. to make our brain release some happy endorphins. To, again, to down regulate. And exactly. that's all. It's talking to our brain. It's yeah. hitting that stimulus to, to aid in that, in that down regulation. Same with massage techniques. So again, especially when we've thrown out our back, we do not want aggressive massage. We mm -hmm. do not want someone digging in there because all that does is make you guard even more and mm -hmm. make you even your brain say, oh no, there's more stress and trauma happening. Yeah. I need to protect us even more. So maybe almost like rolling techniques. So there's something you could do on your back when you lay on your stomach and someone just kind of like is gently rocking the muscles, I guess you can say. Shugling you around a bit. Yeah, just kind of like <laughs> <laughs> getting them to think of like when you're trying to relax in your body and you just shake out your arms, right? And you just shake out your body. It's uh. the same kind of concept when we're trying to just get the back to relax. And sometimes you can even do that yourself by... Um, kind of laying down on your stomach and dropping your legs side to side and trying to relax your butt and your and your back as much as possible, you'll get that natural kind of shaking yeah, and relaxation. Yeah, get a little trunk rotation, start to get some of that light, comfortable movement. And again, one of the things we always go to for down regulation, breath work. Mm -hmm. How can we mm -hmm. live into that exhale, live into that long parasympic style breath that's gonna take some of those excitatory messages away, tell our body we're safe, when we do those long exhales, it's going to get us activating a little more through our diaphragm, through our core, through our rib cage. That's going to promote a feeling of safety, especially if you're dealing with low back spasm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we have to remember when we're talking about taking these deep breaths, we've had so many breath episodes as well. Yeah. I mean, I think episode 11 is still like a target episode that I tell people to go back and listen to. We actually yeah. also did our four favorite breath techniques. Not too as long an ago. episode and that was a really good one don't remember exactly what number that one was um but we'll probably get it linked up here somewhere <laughs> uh but essentially what we want to do like dom said is create that safety and stability in the trunk and core but also increase you know not have those shoulders shoot up to their ears a lot of people when they think oh let me take <laughs> a deep breath it's <laughs> exactly <clears throat> You're breathing up into the top of that rib cage rather than letting the low rib cage expand. And so especially if you're dealing with thoracic issues or thoracic spasm, which might be a little less common, but those deep breaths into the rib cage and getting that rib cage mobilized, that can really help to downregulate. I get pains in the middle of my back, not necessarily throwing up my back type pains, but that's where I get a lot of my old football injuries talking to me. And if I take a few deep breaths into my low rib cage, it immediately kind of melts away some of that tension that I feel in my back and neck. Yeah. So when it comes to down regulation and using that breath, you want to get into a comfortable position. So if it doesn't feel comfortable for you to lay down, then can you sit against a wall? Can you sit into a comfortable chair? Like how can you find that comfort and support? Because you want to be in a position that you feel good in. And for some, that's going to be laying on your back. Maybe you can kick your legs up onto a chair, or onto a bolster. For some, that might be laying on your side. It might be sitting in a supported chair. It might be laying on your stomach with some pillows underneath your, your pelvis. You know, So how can you find that comfortable position for you and then use that really long, slow exhale like you're blowing through a straw or you're blowing out a bunch of candles. That long, slow exhale is really what's gonna take you into that, that down regulation state. And then 
after we kind of work on that breath and trying to relax the system, we really want to talk to the system. Yeah. And the breath is going to help us do that because it's going to help us get out of some of those thoughts that might initially come up like, oh my gosh, I was just bending down to pick this this little thing up and I threw my back up. What's going on? I can't move. I can't bend over. Like a lot of people start to perseverate into that fear of I'm never going to be able to move again. I'm yeah. never going to be able to pick something up again. And we really need to start shoving those messages out and replacing them with my body's just trying to find safety. Let me relax. Let me breathe. Let me find stability in my core. It's okay. I can, I can get this to calm down. And the more that we kind of flip into that side of the conversation, the quicker that we're going to calm that hyper irritability down. Yeah. I like to say, thank you, body. Thank you, body, for protecting Thanks me. Thanks for protecting me. But back off a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I got this. We're strong. We're resilient. Yeah. Like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, when, when I've had patients that automatically start to go into that state, tears start rolling down sometimes. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. You know, like, it, it it's okay and my body doesn't hurt and I can move again. And it's like, it's it's really this, oh, just this feeling of relief that can happen. And it's so incredibly crucial. Again, your back is not out of alignment. You didn't, I mean, unless you had a traumatic injury, but we're talking about bending down and picking something up, you know, yeah. it, nothing traumatic happened. You just have built up these, these little, traumas, little micro traumas over time. And your body's now saying, hey, back off. A lot of sensibility. Something something needs to change. Yeah, right. for sure. And so a lot of what we're talking about is what you're going to do in the immediate, kind of going back to that patient that you just talked about who's, who's laying down. Mm -hmm. I've had it too, where they're laying down, breathing, and all of a sudden they're just like, oh my gosh, I don't have any pain or mm -hmm. I've never felt my back this relaxed. And then they go to sit up or stand up and we, we have a lot of patterns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our body lives in patterns. So sometimes it's hard to translate that safety and stability that you might be able to develop laying down or sitting down into those moving positions. Mm -hmm. And I think you could go back and listen to our other episodes on back spasm on how you might translate into feeling more safe, doing things like a squat or a lunge. But another thing that the breath is going to get started is how do we find stability? Mm -hmm. How do we find stability in the core? How do we find stability in the front side of that neck, right? So doing things like chin tucks and finding that anterior or front of neck stability, same with the core. If we start doing those breaths and find a way to get that rib cage to snug down, to find that stability from our rib cage to our pelvis, activate all throughout that core, that's going to cause this reciprocal inhibition in a way to calm down the back and neck muscles and say, hey, you don't need to do so much work. We're here to join the party. We can support too. Sorry, we took a little break. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And then I like to kind of flip the switch on your body and, and rather than, oh my God, I can't move, right? Because that's usually what we're locked up in. What can I do? Uh, what mobility can I find? <laughs> yes. So can I even just bring my knee to my chest right now and take some deep breaths? Can I rotate to the side? Can I open my arms? Can I rotate my head? You just want to start to find movements that you can do because now we're already starting to rewire that pattern of protectiveness of like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, no. We start to inflate it in the move. head, right? <laughs> and your body just goes, I need to protect more. I need to protect more. I need to protect more. And it locks you down even more. So now we want to start to break that pattern, rewire what our brain is kind of stuck in that pattern of by saying, what can I do? <laughs> and again, these are small things that can have massive impacts when you start to say, okay, let me 
it's hard, right? Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. If you are locked up, it is hard to not focus on what you can't do. But if you just try for that moment, what can I do? What can, what, what do I have access to? What feels okay in my body? And you just start little by little and you might see how it starts to progress after that. So incredibly important. And one of the last things to immediately just turn in and look at is what are the overall stressors in my life? Yes. What are the overall stressors looking like? Because we know that holding a high level of stress emotionally, socially, spiritually can raise our levels of pain. Yes. It can elicit more significant or more easily elicit these back spasms that we get. Like I've known people who have had traumas in life like losing someone, losing a parent, losing a great friend, having a traumatic breakup, and it starts to bring up these other pains in the body that were initially just, or previously just kind of living under the surface, but that stress that came in from this traumatic emotional event in life kind of bumps us up above our pain threshold. Mm -hmm. When we did our episode with Dr. Alex, she explained this so well, I think when she talked about pain, um, again, can't remember what episode it is, but we'll link it below. Um, She really talked about this battery aspect. Right. And so if our phone is barely it, it's like running at one to two percent, all of a sudden, maybe things are glitching, things are shutting down. Your phone isn't working as powerfully as before. That's the same of our body. So if we're not getting enough sleep, mm-hmm. we're not getting enough nutrients. We're not hydrating something we talked about Element. before, <laughs> you know, it, and we're not, you know, taking care of our emotional and our and ourselves in general, our social well-being. Yeah all of that starts to compound where we now cannot inhibit those signals that should be a lot lower. It adds into that amplification (laughs) and that hyper irritability that we were talking about earlier. So breath work, finding the mobility you can do, finding some stability to find safety in those areas of the body, areas of the neck and back, and addressing and assessing our overall stressors in life. Yeah, that's why low back pain neck pain, there's never just one cause you didn't throw, like you didn't misalign something. It's, it's taking a look at the entire picture. And if, if you're not taking a look at that, or your practitioner isn't taking a look at that, you get to take a look at it. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode, learned a little bit more and feel a little bit more empowered within your body. And again, please pass this along to anyone you know who has experienced this in the past. And, you know, another great way to support our podcast is really to support who supports us, which is in today's episode, we talked about Biori and we talked about Element, both of who we love so much. And you will definitely love as well if you get it. So links are in the show notes below. Check them out and we'll see you next time.